Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Love at First Sight, a Psych First Watch Rewatch podcast. I am your host, Jay Christie, joined as always by my co-host, Andre Barra. Andre, how are you? Hey, Jake. I'm good. Just got off the Peloton, mm. doing a little ride um, in the heat. It's not so bad. It's like 80 degrees, but yeah, it was nice. Yeah, it was definitely hotter here today, I think. It was... Uh... 90 degrees, I think, during the midday when I was in uh, full, you know, I was dressed for business casual. Well, business, yeah. uh, you know, and just, man, it's really never really worth it to to wear that. But anyway, we're here to talk about that. We're here to talk about murder. Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? And that's the last time I'm going to say that because that's too long. Um, an episode about high school, high school reunions. Now, first off, have you been to your high school reunion? I, I can't imagine the answer is yes. I have, yeah. What do you mean? Like, you my did? high school was like, I graduated with like maybe 150 people. Oh, right. It's like, no. Fair, fair. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that you kind of be like, no, I don't want to see these people. But if it's small enough, yeah. No, I mean, and honestly, like, every weekend is basically a high school reunion because I'm friends with all my high school pals. So, yeah. Yeah. How was it? I, uh, yeah, so it was like the 10 year one so that was in 2015 oh my god it's about to be 20 years in two years which is mm-hmm. a sobering thought um but it was cool i mean to be fair um i excuse me there was a whole um there was a whole event that you had to pay for and at the time mm-hmm. i was like not really making a lot of money so mm-hmm. i didn't go to that but i did know that after that most of the people that i actually cared about or were mm-hmm. cool were going to end up going to the after thing at a, at a local mm-hmm. bar so i went to that and um i saw one of my ex-girlfriends um mm-hmm. who brought her uh her new boyfriend and uh basically he just sat there like old cucky while she was uh talking to me for like literally an hour and a half telling mm-hmm. me how i was the one that got away and mm-hmm. uh, yeah so it was it was a great reunion i love that's it. the best uh, in those two positions that's the one you want to be in um my tenure will be next year i think yeah um and uh yeah i mean i'll go i assume assuming that it's i honestly don't know even who's in charge of that sort of thing um yeah you won't find out until you get the invite in the mail or yeah and so if i get an invite i'll probably go depending on what my financial system is uh situation is obviously the difference is that i don't live near where i went to high school so you for you is an easy decision um yeah 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 true I'm not someone, I'm someone who I don't give a shit about, uh, like, I don't have an unhealthy relationship with the people I went to high school with, and sometimes yeah. I think when people, when people are grown adults and they still, like, resent people they went to high school with, I'm like, you, uh, this is not a cool personality trait, you kind of are just seeming lame. Like, get over it. <laughs> yeah, I think the only thing I'll say to that is, when I did go, I definitely did not have a lot going on in my life. Um, actually, I think that was like one of the only times in my life that I was like unemployed. So I was just Mm. like, you know, not super proud, but I think if I went, if I had been in the position I'm in now, then I definitely think I would have enjoyed it a little bit more. Yeah. And I'm not saying that. I I think that's an understandable reason not to go. I'm talking about the people who are like, Oh, I never want to see my hometown. These freaking losers I went to high school with. Like grow up. Oh yeah. 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 Just don't go. It's fine. You don't have to. If after 10 years after high school, you haven't gotten through the trauma of occasionally getting picked on by someone in the football team, like, and obviously there are exceptions for people who got like actual harassment, what have you, but you know, you know, that's how I'm talking about like the mild, the artsy type who thinks that it was a football player's fault that they were too quiet to talk to anyone. 
Well, at least I have this on them. We didn't even have a football team, so. Yeah. Ours was uh, pretty good, which was fun. But anyway, we start off with, this is the first episode that doesn't have a flashback, which is cool. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I like that. Yeah. I, I don't hate the flashbacks, but I don't need them. Um, yeah. And so we cut Gus. We see that Gus is in charge of the 13-year reunion, which is, you know, a fun little, I don't know why, they never explain it. Um, okay, yeah, I was, I was wondering yeah. if I missed something. Yeah. Okay. No. Uh, but one of the things that Gus set up is that everyone has to wear their photo from their grad pick. And, uh, what is, uh, Sean wearing instead? Um, he's wearing a photo of Judd Nelson from the Breakfast Club. Right? He is. Yes. Bender? There's a lot of references. To the... Jonathan Bender. There's a lot of references to the Breakfast Club. Uh, that is admittedly the only John Hughes movie I've seen. Um, because that is the one that is considered the best. And I thought if that's his best, I like that just okay. I don't feel like we're launching the other ones. <laughs> you know, I would have been super impressed if you had a picture of the failed high school uh, prospect, uh, Jonathan Bender, who used to play for the Indiana Pacers. Mm, right, right. Is it John Bender? Yeah, it's John Bender. Yeah, that was his name. Um, um, and no, so, but, uh, so I, I know that later in the episode, Sean mentions, like, I can't believe no one's ever seen The Breakfast I saw The Breakfast Club literally for the first time, like, three months ago. Maybe I know. Even. Yeah, I remember you talking about it. And yeah, I think that you and I have the same opinion, which is it's like, okay, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word for it that the steam engine was revolutionary. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, if you insist, John. Okay. Uh, yeah. Sure is strange that you asked for that close up of the uh, underage actresses uh, panties in your movie. But, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't know if you ever read the article Molly Ringwald wrote where she was like, it was really creepy. Like, he didn't do anything over the line necessarily, but it was creepy how fixated he was on me when I was 16 years old. Uh, not great. I mean, to be fair, you can make the argument, I mean, I don't know how many movies he made that took place outside of the high school environment, but I can't imagine it was very many or no. nobody knows about them. No, and particularly the thing, the biggest thing too with Molly Ringwald is that Molly Ringwald was the rare teen star that was actually a teenager in these movies. And, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so, a as they're talking, two popular-looking people come in. Howie Tolkien and Eileen Maswell, who are a couple. He was the star football quarterback. Football quarterback, that's a, uh, ox, um, uh, what is it, redundant? Redundant. Uh, and then Eileen Maswell was the prom queen. Now, for me, was the football was the football star the prom queen? Actually, we didn't, you didn't have football, never mind. Um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it wasn't it was a basketball me. star, though, for sure. It was a kid on the football for prom. It was a kid on the football team, and then a, a, I forget who it was the girl. And then I, for homecoming, though, it was actually my best friend was the homecoming king, and uh, an actress was the queen. Um, so shouts to Skyler for getting the homecoming king. Um, still, uh, still a legend, a good guy. Um, one is still one of my best friends in the world. Um, yeah, I mean that's the thing. That's the, that's the example I always give of like my high school is not very clicky, and that like. There was a Venn diagram of someone who would win Homecoming King and whose best friend would be me and my twin brother. So, like, <laughs> if you can imagine what that school would be, like, it can't be that, you know. Um, yeah, segmented. Yeah, and I, for the record, I'm not, I'm not like this Peter fellow later on. Uh, I have seen Skyler in the last year. I'm not, <laughs> I don't want to make it seem like I'm like, oh my God, me and the Homecoming King were best friends. No, um, yeah. we're still close. Yeah. Uh, anyway, then who comes in other than someone played by the actress Rachel Lee Cook, Abigail okay. Lycon. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um she looks so good. Uh she's yeah. like 
so she's so pretty. Uh, yeah, I'm like yeah. I I love Rachel Lee Cook. Uh, shame she didn't have the career that she yeah. could have. Had. It really sucks that it didn't happen for her. I really don't know. I mean, I have ideas why, um, but yeah, I think that she's just such. I think she's such a specific type is the problem, and um, she's very like a Winona Ryder type. I feel yeah, and Winona Ryder had trouble having a career as an adult too. So I mean. I mean, yeah. that was because she could stop freaking stealing stuff. But, um, yeah, I think that Rachel Lee Cook just, I think that she just has, like, an, obviously the whole thing about her and 10 things, uh, not that uh, she's all that, she has, like, an artsy alt-energy. And I think that Hollywood tries to strip that away from young actresses that have that because they want them to be able to play conventional leading ladies. And I don't think you can, I don't think that Rachel Lee Cook has any power with that. Like, so why would you, do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's a lot of that where you have like a young artsy alternative actress and they try to make her fit into the Hollywood stereotype. And when it doesn't work, they're like, Oh, we don't know what to do with you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Sean, I mean, judging by his reaction when he sees her, there's clearly some history there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Take over. Sorry, uh, I have a hair in my mouth. Yeah, I noticed. I saw you doing the natural, the, the universal signs of I have a hair in my mouth. But yeah, they have a little banter about Judd Nelson. You see that she can keep up with his references, um, and they get a task from Gus to go to the to the cafeteria and get some folding chairs. Of course, Sean doesn't know where the cafeteria is, despite the fact that he went to the school. Um, and so, as they're walking in the hallway, Abigail brings up the history that you're referring to. Yeah, um, she she basically um, she's because Sean's acting like nothing's going on, and she basically asks him like, "Yo, do you like not remember what happened between us in mm. high school?" And mm. he doesn't. Um, yeah, I mean, no, he does. Sorry, he does. Yeah. But he's playing it really dumb, and mm. that's when she mentions that it was there was she was basically pestering him all year. He was basically pestering her all year. You know, saying mm-hmm. that he was interested in all this stuff, and then eventually, like, she finally like gave in and mm-hmm. you know agreed to see him or go out on a date, and they were going to the uh, Stearns Wharf for a carnival mm-hmm. on the pier. And yep. on the day when that was going to happen, she showed up and he didn't. So yes. yeah, and he claims that he was actually working as a midwife at the time, <laughs> which I think is a funny joke. Um, yeah, and that there was a thirty-four hour labor he had to take into account, but um. Yeah, you know, he's trying to move on and talks about she's a teacher now. And he mentions he's a psychic detective and she doesn't believe him. Uh, and uh, she kind of teases him. Um, there's a bit, you know how like TV shows will sometimes use the same clips to promote. There's the bit of you solve crimes was very frequent in like psych ads. So I, that sticks in my head. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, she's, you know, do, doing that whole bit of like, oh, come on, you're not really a, a psychic. But then... Uh, Something that doesn't happen in the spirit world happens right in front of Sean. Yeah, so she's leaned up against the you know window, and basically behind her back, uh, Sean sees like the outline of what appears to be something, probably mm-hmm. a body, flying mm-hmm. off the you know roof, and uh, obviously going to hit the ground somewhere. And this doesn't look like a normal thing that happens at a high school reunion. I hope not. At no. Um, so they go downstairs to the floor to the ground where they think the body would be it's not there and sean you know is he's flummoxed but he thinks he's sure that something happened and as him and gus is there too and as him and gus are bickering uh, abigail notes that they must be dating which is of course you know the act that is the dynamic um but uh gus we also know that gus was a pep captain which 
Sean insists is a cheerleader, and he says is a leader among men, which once again I think is a funny detail. Yes, um, never heard of a pep captain, but yeah, it basically seems like it's a male cheerleader in a mm-hmm. sense. But anyway, yeah, and also there's, not, there's uh, nothing that wrong with that. I mean, you get good core strength. Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess Sean thinks about it, and he swore that he saw a Letterman's jacket on the body mm-hmm. that was falling off of the off the roof, um, and. You know, they're starting to bicker amongst themselves, which gets Abigail thinking that maybe Gus and Sean are dating, which might well, explain why. Well, it, the Sean thing is that uh, I already said that, but, you know, it's it's fine. Oh, um, my God. I'm so sorry. You got, too many, you, got, you got hairs in your ears, too. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, and so anyway, no, my, Gus my then. Wife, st- my, wife, my wife's on her way to the airport, so she's like texting me like also like that she's getting. Uh, no, I, you don't. I, I, you don't understand, and I mean this in the best way possible. I don't care almost anything that's said on this podcast. Uh, and so, um, Gus notes that Gus and I have something in common. You know what that is? We were both voted most likely to succeed in high school, and both of us really? are really not living up to that. See, the problem Man. is the problem is that people think most likely to be succeed is quote unquote most smart. Which, if it was. If those two things were the same, I would be fucking. Uh, I would be Elon Musk with success. I'd be a billionaire. But instead, do you really I'm think you're the smartest person in your class? Yes, I do. I mean, for sorry, with what school defines as smart? Yes, for actual like intelligence, no, I get overwhelmed pretty easily, and I there's a lot of things I'm not great at. But for what school tests, then yes, uh, yeah, I do. Um, school. The problem with me is that school was the thing I was best at in terms of like my, the way my brain works, like especially history, English, and. Uh, m- m- most science classes, my brain just kind of works that way. Um, the thing I always joke yeah. is that people say that they should teach tax prep in high school, but I think that your taxes should be depend on how many presidents you can name in order. Um, <laughs> but uh, right. that's a joke. I don't actually believe it. But yeah, I I have thought yeah. about this because I graduated. I graduated with the eighth highest GPA, um, but that was because I didn't take. There were certain honors classes I didn't take because we waited, waited GPA. So. Um, so seven people are smarter than you, so you're lying. And one of them is my twin brother, and I resent the shit out of him for it. Um, okay. Anyway, he was six, I think. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think so. Um, I really don't want to sound like a jackass, but I, 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 I'll say this. Uh, too fucking least, late. I'll say this. At least the perception, if you took a poll, I, the answer would be me. Mostly because if there was someone smarter than me, they were quieter about it. Because I'm the rare combination of really good at school and loud about it. <laughs> Well, yeah, okay, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. You understand how insufferable I was before then, man. The high school Jay Christie was still insufferable, but not nearly as insufferable as middle school Jay Christie. Jesus Christ. Um, I won most academic in middle school. Uh, what? And, That's uh, even a thing? Yeah, well, they split, it was most academic, and then there's most likely to be president, which my twin brother won. Which is fun. I mean, what can you say? Wow. The Christie brothers were make one hell of a ticket. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we wouldn't be able to agree on fucking anything. I mean, we agree on general, we agree on general policy, but just nothing in terms of like you know style or whatever. Um, yeah, uh, as you can imagine, he doesn't speak that much because there's only so much oxygen in the womb. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Nope. Then yeah, the uh, Gus goes on about no body, no crime, which is you know a an adage that they say in the police jargon. Um, which I don't know if that's, yeah. I mean, it's obviously not true technically, but it's, I don't know how it often is actually said by police officers. Yeah. But, and I don't know if you mentioned this, but Sean sees some like gold letters on the ground. Right. Yes. Uh, okay. uh, yeah. an S so, and C. 
yeah so that's something to to look at um so then we go to like henry he's at his place Mm -hmm. and he's about to fry up he's about to put up some steaks on the grill or you know just cook up some steaks. i love the fact he's just always fucking making steaks this man's heart is going to stop by the moment the show ends you know i was going to say something about that or his colon so yeah um and he's got some nervous energy he um Mm -hmm. he calls he gets on the phone and he calls madeline who's still Mm -hmm. in town aka uh sean's mother Mm-hmm. Um, and he just basically asked her like, what's going on? Like, what's up? And that's mm-hmm. a really weird thing apparently. Um, and he mentions that he's got two steaks, which I don't think he does. He only has one, right? No, he has two. He just, he, he okay. thinks to call her when he takes the one out, out and is going to reseal the package, but then thinks to call her. Gotcha. So he's calling her to basically invite her over, but <clears throat> she kindly declines as she had just ordered a room service salad. Um, and there's just like a lot of negative energy, like that he's displaying. And I'm just like, what is he? He's still trying to like win her back. Right. Essentially. Yeah, of course. Doing. Yes. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And he says Baba Boom on the phone, which is close to Baba Booey, which is a problem. Um, or Baba Boom. Baba Boom. Yeah. See, that's how, you know, I, I have a son of a dad who listened to Howard Stern in the nineties brain. Uh, my first thought yeah. was Baba Booey. Um, Gary Delabate. Gary Delabate, of course. Yes. Um, Bubba Boo. I don't even watch that shit. I mean, listen, that was back when they were just on the radio. And I've listened to the clip. It's so funny that it is such a small thing. It's just like, and yeah, and then he went to Baba Booey, Baba Louie. And they're like, whoa, 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 what did you just say? (laughs) And then that became his nickname for 30 years. Oh, that's where that came from? Yeah, he was trying to say Baba Louie's, and he said Baba Booey by accident. And that just became his. Baba Louie's? I think it was like a store. I actually don't know. But down there. Okay. Gotcha. So yeah, shouts to Baba Booey. Shouts to the whole WAC. Honestly, shouts to everyone in the WAC pack. Let me just say that. Just as a blanket statement. Um, so uh, anyway, we then cut to uh, some dancing going on. And um, Sean decides, okay, you know what? This is, you, I'm not making, because Gus doesn't want to deal with this. He's dealing with the reunion. So he decides he wants to call Lasseter, which uh, what happens? So yeah, Lassie turns out he's there, um, mm-hmm. and he's he's having some punch. And luckily, this is an adult reunion, so you can have a little bit of uh, you know some spiked yeah. punch. Um, and he's there on a date, and not only is he, uh, not only is he there on a date, but he's on a date with a relatively attractive uh, you know mm-hmm. young woman. Yes, um, who claims to be uh, Mindy Howland, who uh, yes. apparently was a very popular girl in school, and she's a babe. But God, she just to, to, to cut off what you're saying. She actually is Mindy Howland. The other name that Lassie gives is the fake name she gets her prescriptions with. That's she actually is okay. Mindy Howland. Gotcha. Yeah. And she is okay, played so by uh, mostly, I would say, one of you know those type of people that in certain places, I would say if you go to a comic con, this woman is one of the top thirty most important people there, uh, played by Janet Varney who voices Korra in the Avatar show and Legend of Korra. Um, yeah. Oh, really? I mean, yeah. I know her she's, from uh, You're the Worst. Yeah, she, she like, has, I think, a big, like, she's in, like, that kind of L.A. sketch comedy, comedy bang-bang type universe, you know? Um, so she does a lot of uh-huh. that stuff, but she's, like, you know, an A-lister to anime fans, and which I won't say anything bad about because I don't want you to end my life. Um and also, um, you're, like, two degrees away from there, so... I know I am, and, and that's why I can't split hairs, but, like, it's just, like, damn. You, you, the biggest thing is, as, we talk, as I've talked about, I know I'm on the show, the thing about is just, I just started watching shows for adults so early that I never got to cartoons for 9 to 13-year-olds, because I'm like, by the time I was 9, I'm like, fuck it, I'm watching Monk. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. That so explains anyway. a lot, actually. Yeah. Uh, and so apparently they met at a Ravi Shankar concert, which Sean makes fun of, but I feel like that would be fucking cool. Like, I'm not even, like, that would be a dope concert to go to. I don't even know what the hell Ravi Shankar is. He plays he a sounds... sitar. He's I like mean, an I Indian user. Oh. I've... Man. I've never heard of this guy. I mean, I've heard, like, you know, I, I mostly know him as just, like, the go-to if you want to make a joke about a sitar. Um, but I just feel like any sort of, like, outdoor, because they said it's at the Santa Barbara Bowl, which I'm assuming is, like, the Hollywood Bowl, so it's outdoors. An outdoor concert, just listen to, like, a legend jam out on the sitar, like, I don't know. I feel like there are worse ways to spend an afternoon, you know? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, there, I'm there's almost no out. concert. There's almost no concert that for a reasonable price, I wouldn't be like, yeah, sure, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he lived an interesting life, but unfortunately for him, he died in San Diego, which is not great. I better. Uh, what is it? Um, what's the rest of development line? Uh, better dead in California than alive in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She's a treasure. Uh, yeah. Uh, rest in peace to her too. Um, she then calls Lassie Corey, uh, Jen Varney. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, he um, he's clearly not, this is not going to work out his relationship, but he's, you know, he, I don't know what Lassie's doing. He's flat. He's, he's in a bad spot. And I think I'll say this. He's basically in a bad spot for a majority of the show in this area of his life. Yeah. I think the most insane thing about this, which is, I mean, spoken about later, but like, who the fuck would bring your, like, why would you bring someone that you were like just casually dating to like your high school reunion? Yeah. It's I mean, thankfully, one of the most unhinged things I've ever seen. Thankfully, the character is unhinged. Like, it's not like that's out of character for her. <laughs> yeah. That, that's very true. That's very true. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And so he pulls Sean, Sean pulls him aside and talks about how he psychically witnessed it with his third eye. Um, but, of course, he gets the nobody, no crime, and he doesn't know a weapon. He doesn't know who did it. He doesn't know who died. Just a whole – he a lot of doesn't knows, you know? Um, sure. And so, yeah. Then Sean asks us questions about the football team. He never went to any games, apparently, because he would be missing step by step. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I went to a lot of football games. Um, always a lot of fun, um, you know, because it was always packed. Like, thing about it is we were the type of team that, like, non-graduates in the area like just retirees would just go every week because why not it's fun to go um yeah that's cool um so i saw some future nfl players in person uh, you don't you ever tell you the story of you know the philly special obviously right yeah you know the guy who threw it uh trey burton does that ring any bells the yes, yes. Of course. i the swear end, to yeah. god the split second he got the ball i knew he was gonna throw it because his fucking ass threw for like 350 yards because he played quarterback in high school against us. So I'm like, oh, once he got it, I'm like, oh, he was a high school quarterback. This is a pass. <laughs> so. Oh, look at you. Yeah. I also saw who else. Right, yeah. I saw, um, uh, honestly, a lot of burnouts in college or, I mean, famously, the best player at our school uh, was a five-star recruit to Clemson, got a 75-yard touchdown on his first run. Uh, and then had such a weed problem that he basically never played another D one game again, because uh, he had bad grades and bad weed. And he was my he was my older brother's age, but he was my freshman year. He was his senior year, and we made it to like the quarterfinals of state because he was like he. I think I think he won state in both the hundred meter and the two hundred meter. He was that type of player, and so he was that fast. And if you have a player that nice. you, know, you ever seen, you see those like high school mixtapes where it's like, oh, this player is just like three times the athlete of anyone else on the. So it's not even a fair anymore. Like it's that type of thing. Yeah. He just, no one can even think about catching him. 
Yeah, but you can't win it all on your own, sadly. No, they called him Speedy, and he was Sporting News' player of the year for high school players. And in the interview, he said, I want to win against anybody, even boy, girl, old lady. And that will be in my mind for the rest of my life. I think about that almost every time. If I have to list groups of people, I think of boy, girl, old lady. Anyway, I'm rambling, but I feel like that's funny. Gotcha. Anyway, yeah. Well, so, speaking of just, state champs, um, go. Sean alludes to that maybe the, the letters that he found that he saw on the floor uh, were for a state championship pin, which he suspects maybe it's uh, Howie Tolkien's. Like, where is he at? Maybe he's the guy who got killed. But nope, he's right there with his uh, smoke show wife. Uh, so there's that theory. So, I mean, Sean saw someone fall off that roof. Now we just got to figure yeah. out who that is. Exactly. So he called, then calls in Jules and, uh, you know, brings in help. And then at this time, Lassie is getting introduced by Mindy to Eldon, her ex from high school that she clearly is trying to make jealous by talking about I'm dating a cop and asking if he shot anyone, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, par for the course, whenever you meet someone who's a cop or who was in the military, like stupid people will always ask them, have you ever shot anybody? Have you ever killed anybody? And I'm glad we're sticking to the yeah, script there. That I remember one of the first, I, I really do think this one of an observation I would go to my death thinking is that, Donald Trump as president was like if the kid who asked the military guy how many people he shot became president. <laughs> like, you know, Demo, that the first time he meets any general, he's like, so uh, how many people you killed? <laughs> like, he yeah. didn't know he does. I totally agree. Anyway, at this time, Sean's in hanging out with some losers, which, frankly, like, this is... Jesus, just, man. <laughs> but... They're just straight up, just cutting right to the core, calling them losers. No, he's saying we're losers. I mean, I, the, re- the thing I don't like about it is that, like, it feels like um, this episode references a lot of 80s movies, but doesn't feel it doesn't have the problems that the 80s movies do in terms of painting with super broad brushes about people. And this scene does, and it feels out of place for that reason to me. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, and they're bitching about women and like where they are in life and all that stuff. And Sean, they're sitting right next to like they're in the hallway against the blockers next to the trophy case. And Sean, knows which we noticed, like, yeah. the trophy case has been, yeah. And we notice that it's been tampered with. Um, and luckily, Jules shows up, and the nerds are super impressed because they're like, "Yo, you just said you don't have a girl, and like, here's your girl, and she looks great." And she's let's just let's just get to it. She's wearing a fucking prom dress. I don't care what you say. Oh, for sure. Uh, what uh, color was your prom date dress? Like, what did you uh, what did you have to match with? Oh my god. Um, oof. It was like black and like gray or something. Yeah. It wasn't like a crazy color like that. I, I was also dating like a like a gothic like type girl at the time. So you I, that doesn't sound like anything I yeah. would ever imagine with you. Um, really? <laughs> you you definitely have has goth GF vibes for sure, especially imagining you in high school. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, I went with a friend of mine, and she wore a um like gold yellow glittery. Like gold glittery on the top and white on the bottom, and so I wore I have like a cool gold pocket square, which is you know I'm I I love uh, loud colors, and so I was more than happy to do that um, toward gold. Yeah, yeah. nice. And uh, yeah, and it was a perfectly fine night in so far as I went to prom, went bowling, and uh, went home. <laughs> um, anyway, did you get hammered? Uh, no, it was me. This is Jay Christie you're talking about. No, of course not. 
Okay. Well, just yeah. maybe one night you probably. So the two is that like they we my parents let me and Michael because obviously we were going together uh, take my mom's the Mercedes she had at the time and uh, even if we wanted to uh, that was not going to happen if there was a risk we were going to get hammered. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. Very true. Uh, anyway, so um, Lassie mentions he's packing heat, which is a little you know not a little, um, and uh, Sean and Jules yeah. go to up to. Um, Howie and Eileen to kind of take their temperature to see what's going on. And uh, we learned some stuff about them. Yeah. So uh, Howie's playing against type, you know, he's uh he's the dumb jock in high school. Maybe not so dumb. I don't know. I don't think they mention it, but he's running for dumb, uh, dumb assembly. He's running for state assembly, which we don't have to get too much into the weeds. I still have no idea what the fuck a state assembly is, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. State assembly is like, um, it's the it's the state house equivalent. Some states call it uh, state assembly. Some call it state house. Let me just double check that. Uh, assembly. Uh, yep, it's just a different word. Um, gotcha. Every state has one, except of course for Nebraska, which has a unicameral unicameral legislature. That's your civics lesson for today. Gotcha. Thank you. Um, so yeah, he's uh, running for state assembly, um, and not only that, but he's also writing a motivational book for losers mm-hmm. called "Move It or Move It," uh, which, which, yeah, it's funny. But um, yeah, they he makes his way out of there. He's he's done with Sean basically, and that's when uh, Sean mentions that they miss an obvious Breakfast Club reference. Um, mm-hmm. Sure, I guess. And then and then uh, Sean asks Gus basically like. Where's um like he he needs access to like the roof or to like a bunch mm. of different places and then he just says like where's the gymnasium they're in the gymnasium so like I don't know what the hell this guy was doing in high school or if he's just playing cool or whatever but this guy has like no self awareness yeah or no awareness not self but where awareness yeah. of where he is yes so what so they need to get into the roof sorry onto the roof and into the library and unfortunately there are no keys to get in there everything's locked and so Sean needs something from Henry. So he calls him up and says like, Hey, uh, I need this box. He's trying to describe it. Henry doesn't know what he's talking about. It's like, Oh, you know, call mom. She'll know. And Henry can't call his mother because he just blew it with her. Um, but Sean gives him an ultimatum and then we cut forward in time and Henry and Madeline are looking through all the junk and boxes and stuff. And, uh, Henry's being old and crotchety and we see a good bit with these matchbox cars. Yeah. I mean, they even mentioned a paddy wagon, which is just, um, you know, I don't think we use that anymore, right? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think I technically can, given the roots of my name. You can, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I just said it, so fuck me. No, it's fine. Also, I... The notion of anyone... I, I just... I have no pride in my Irish heritage. Not that I don't have... Not that I am mad about it, but it's like, what are we doing, man? Like, people are like, I'm so proud to be Irish. It's like, bro, we're here because we couldn't grow a root vegetable. Like, well, come on, let's <laughs> Right. So, um, yeah, they're having this moment and, uh, you know, it's kind of nice. Um, but yeah, they find the box in the end and, uh, you know, that's where we leave that. We go back to the uh, reunion and Mm -hmm. Gus is chatting it up with a lady and, um, she mentions to him, I'm sure you're probably like fearing this conversation, Mm -hmm. um, judging from what you said earlier, but Mm -hmm. she's, she says like, I thought you would have become a doctor or something judging by like how smart he was or like how driven he was and all that Mm -hmm. shit. And, um, she's not super interested about his job until he mentions that on the side, he does this psychic agency Mm -hmm. to which she replies that that's hot. Um, which sure. Let me do my, uh, let me do my 
occasional check in with what the uh, female winner of um, the most likely to be successful because you know they do male ma- and women. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Sh- sh- she is. Um, uh, let me see. She is currently. The legislative correspondent at the U.S. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's office. So, wow. See, I I, I knew she worked for Chuck Schumer, so that's why I. I'm gonna say you sense. somehow knew something about it. Yeah. Yeah, I did, and she was very nice always. I have no ill will towards her. Technically, I'm doxing her by saying that, but that is a public facing job, so I don't really feel that bad about it. Um, but yeah, uh, also good for her, and yeah. I host two podcasts. So. Yeah. So. She, she's got zero. What I told people when I got that was like, I had already decided I was going to NYU to try to do comedy writing. I'm like, that's a you problem. I'm like, why did you do that? Um, yeah. Anyway. So yeah. Uh, so now God, that gives Gus motivation to want to solve the case. Um, and at this time, uh, Sean's parents show up, despite the fact that Sean wanted to pick up the box. Um, and they're cramping his style. Understandably, I understand why he's freaking out. Um, and, uh, you know, they but they want to they hang out. And as this is happening... Lassie has another scene with uh, Mindy. Yeah, he's um, he's losing his patience with her. Um, she's basically just ignoring him while she's out there. Um, and she calls him a cutie patootie, which, you know, temporarily alleviates him in a sense. Mm-hmm. But um, then she comes back. She slaps his ass. And mm-hmm. she needs a favor. She mm-hmm. needs him to hit on Eldon's wife, Stephanie. And, yeah, ever since she saw her, she was very much not into that. So think like a lot of gamers these days, she's mad at an Elden Ring. Oh God, yep, that's correct. Uh, and you know, thank God he declines, um, and she tells him that he sucks, um, which you know he's holding on to her purse, and he's le- literally left holding the bag. Yeah, literally, and um, he goes to like hand it over like in the air, and basically spills every all the contents of it on the dance floor. And uh, she's got a shitload of pills on her, and I love his response with that figures. Yeah, he's good in this. Uh, he's this is a good Lassie episode, I think. Yes. So, uh, what's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Um, Sean goes to the box, and he finds that he had. We see that he has a uh, ring with every key to the school because apparently he joined the custodial union. Um, which I mean, shouts to unions. Um, I, the custodians at my school did not unionize, obviously. I, you know, wouldn't be surprised if they didn't get paid based on the way that Florida is, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I respect that this, this show like maintains or like it's, it's, it's already built the premise of Sean being a wild card and like being involved in all kinds of things that like they can just get away with saying the shit. Yeah. That this guy just joined the union when he was in high school. Because I think the thing about it is that he very much is like, in a lot of ways, a Frank Abagnale Jr. type character, where he has the combination of being very wayward and not having like a ton of actual drive to do things himself, but is like clearly IQ 190, you know? Like he clearly has a crazy high intelligence so that he could just do whatever he needed to do to. You know, like yeah, he, his, his yeah. problem is that he doesn't care about important things. It's, he, you know, anyway, I mean, that's what's yeah. so interesting. Um, so they then, um, you also see that uh, Henry and Madeline are walking around the school. And then Sean goes to bring Abigail some punch, except not really. They're both for him. And he asks, have you ever seen a very attractive man solve a crime? And she notes that she once saw Jay, John Cusack prevent a jaywalking, which, you know. So like you understand, I think I like about this is that like, I think that it is um, very often when 
characters in a TV show have like past romances or like one episode or spoiler, she's not just in this one episode, but uh, like short non non main character romances. They feel half-baked and you don't understand why, but like these characters have really good chemistry. Now, mostly because I think Rachel Lee Cook could probably have a chemistry with me. So like, it's not that hard, but um, you get, you get it. You get why Sean was infatuated with her. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, I do love that. Um, <laughs> and so, um, they, I mean, okay, I'm sorry. Did you mention that they're on the roof now? No, I didn't. Okay. Yeah. So they go to the roof to investigate. Um, after he makes that whole thing about investigating something with an attractive person. And he tells her he needs to do his thing. So he, instead of like, he does a variation on the thing, which is essentially he does like, I think he mimics all the moves from the Breakfast Club when Correct. they're dancing. Yes, he does. Okay. Okay. That's what I thought it was. I wasn't sure. Um, mm-hmm. And he does all that shit until he finally like puts his hands up on her, like her face and mm-hmm. does like the weirdest thing that you can do, which is ask someone why they haven't gotten married yet. Yes. It um, is. Yeah, very strange. And the answer is that she hasn't found the right person. She asks the same question. Um, and, you know, he says, you know, a lot of great people have been single. Beethoven, uh, Isaac Newton, John Lovitz. And then just as they're about to kiss. And John Lovitz's noticed, brother. John Lovitz's brother, of course. Um, just as they're about to kiss, he notices some boot prints on this, the roof. And now he knows who the killers are. And we cut to them. It is, of course, Howie and Eileen. Uh, who are still mm-hmm. dancing. Why are they still around? You know, Ooh, what's going on? Yeah, so that's when they go to their next stop, or Sean and Gus go. They go to the library to look for any sort of clue. Um, and they're going through all this. They're, like, doing their typical, you know, song and dance of, like, arguing with each other. And, and that's when Sean... Be. There's a don't be. Did you... Are you were you going to say that? A don't he be? Says, you know, like, you know... Oh, like, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm down. I figure you didn't, but... Don't be an incorrigible Eskimo pie with a caramel ribbon. Yes. Um, correct. Um, and that's when, when they're looking through all this, Sean notices a ducky in the background, which could just very well just have been a cucky. Um, mm-hmm. And so, duck, I mean, I've never, I think it's pretty in pink. Right? It's pretty that's in pink. We're John Cryer's ducky, yeah. I haven't seen yeah, it either I've, because, you know. Yeah, I, I haven't like seen it either. Yeah. So that's when they, that's when Sean says, this isn't the Breakfast Club. This is basically pretty in pink. And what's the common thread in all of these movies from the 80s? There's a love triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a third person to their dynamic. So it's not quite a love triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, so they start to think about, okay, there's 17 no shows. And, um, and they the person in the photo. photo in, yes, correct. In yes. Yeah. So, and there's seven, and he's one of them. So, mm-hmm. and from the looks of it, he's like in a shop class. Yeah. So they go to this auto shop classroom, which I think I would have thought it would have just been like a shop classroom. I didn't know there was like an auto shop. Classroom. Yeah, I don't know. That's something I've only seen in movies and TV. Okay, gotcha. So they go to investigate, or sorry, just Sean goes in there, and um, Henry's in there in a car, and he's just like waxing nostalgic about his days there when he used to run that school and all that. And good lord, yeah, yeah. And then Sean asks, you know, like, do you ever think about if you could miss out on a moment in life, you know, like if you, that would change your life forever. And I think Henry says something that is very wise, which is that uh, life is not just one moment that changes. It's that like how you define yourself is not with the moments you previously had. It's how you do have the next moment. Cause I think that, yeah. uh, that is, I think, I think that's good advice uh, that, you know, um, 
because Henry's not that he's not a complete idiot. I mean, he it was just talking about making a car per, but uh, I think that he his advice here to Sean is something that Sean should um, that Sean is clearly more focused on feeling bad about how he treated Abigail thirteen years ago and not thinking about how he's going to treat Abigail tonight, which is of course is dumb, you know. Um, right. But what Sean yeah. notices is first he notices a beer can in the car, and then he notices a photo of the guy in question with a name on it. Yeah, which unless this guy was like the most amazing student in car sh- in auto shop class, why the hell would there be a photo of him still there? But okay, good great. question. But maybe he was. We honestly don't know. Yeah. Maybe he was. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Yeah. Um, and they see a name, and the name is Peter Coulter. So mm-hmm. that's the guy they got to look for. And then Sean asks uh, Henry if he could borrow his underpants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that does that lead to anything? No, that's a reference to something, but I'm not sure what it is. It is in 16 Candles, is that, is that what Gotcha. It's okay. So, gotcha. Yeah. Um, and so we then cut to the police station where Jules is sneakily looking up information for them and says that Chief will have her, like, uh, I will, what is it, like, Chief will cut off my ass if uh, she finds I'm doing this, and then Sean says we don't want that to happen. We learn that Peter Coulter was involved in an accident on June 6th, 1995, a couple days before graduation, um, where alcohol was involved, that the driver of the other car died of his injuries, and Coulter was charged with involuntary manslaughter, had six years of probation, started getting to life of crime. Pretty uh, light. You know. Yeah. But there were two other passengers in the car. Who were they? Uh, Howie and Eileen, you know. Exactly. Um, Real quick, you've you've yeah. you've you've diverged. I'll just I'll of tell course. you. Take you can. You never need to ask to diverge. I diverge. No, no, I know, I know. Okay, so I've actually had a one night stand with someone who was convicted of vehicular manslaughter. That's interesting. Yeah, I uh, was I it was a, it a light sentence or were you like, geez, you should have been in the pen for a while? No, she was in the pen for like not the pen. She was. She was somewhere for like six years. I didn't find out until the, like after, Jeez. which explained a lot. So I'll just tell you some quick, like yeah, I won't get too like too much into the weeds, but essentially, like I met her at a party at a going away for one of my really good friends. He was moving to San Francisco, and so I went there and I was, you know, we were playing beer pong, doing whatever, and I played against this girl and her partner, and the whole time she was just like talking mad shit, like being real mm-hmm. disrespectful to me. I'm just like, what the fuck? Okay, whatever. So then I went after like she, they whooped our asses. I went inside. I went to go grab a beer and she comes up to me. She's like, Hey, um, do you, um, do you want to like hang out right now? And I'm like, uh, what do you mean? And she's like, let's just go to this room. So we do. And she proceeds to manhandle the shit out of me. Like, Mm -hmm literally like nearly suplexing me like crazy yeah like crazy shit and i'm just like what the fuck is going on so the next morning i leave and all that and then my friend texts me the the one who the party was for he's like hey i really wish you would stop like trying to have sex with my friends or having sex with my friends i'm like what are you talking about i haven't had sex with any of your friends minus this one and he's like yeah well you know she just got out of like she just got out of something very difficult right now I'm like, well, she didn't say that to me. So, like, what do you want me to, like, ask? And she's like, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, yeah, she just got out of jail. I'm like, for what? <laughs> like, oh, she, <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? And he said, oh, yeah, she drove drunk and she ran somebody over and killed them. And Jeez. she was in jail for, like, six years, six to seven years or something. Damn. And I'm like, um, 
okay, if you saw me talking to her and like you saw where this was leading, why didn't you just pull me aside? Anyways. Yeah. That's yeah. a great story. Wonderful story. Um, but basically what happened is the classic thing where this guy, <laughs> the ducky, the ducky yeah. took the charge because he didn't want the quarterback to his life to be ruined. Um, yeah. But the problem, of course, is that they still don't have a body. Uh, and it's, it's at this point that um, Vic comes in and is like, what's going on? But Lassie wait, thankfully wait, covers. Wait, 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 oh, okay. wait, Hang on. Yeah. On top of that, on top of that, um, yeah. the second part of the file is that a restraining order was placed on him right. by Howie and Eileen. And it just so happened. Yeah, like a month an ago. an interesting timeline. Yeah, it was, yeah, a, it was month a month ago. ago. Yes. And so yeah. Vic comes in is asking what they're doing. And uh, Lassie covers and says, we arrested Mindy Howland and gives a fa- another fake name that she was using, getting false prescriptions. Um, and yeah, so she got arrested for that, which good, you know, good police work, Lassie, by accidentally dumping out someone's handbag. Right. And, um, you know, two things, Vic confirms that it's a prom dress secondly she knows that that's not the case that they're working on and they're not getting paid so mm-hmm. you know fuck yeah. off essentially yeah. and then we see lassie and he's looking like he's smiling he's thrilled and he states that this is the best date he's been on in a while yes and so sean and gus go back to the scene and they're trying to figure out where the body could have went and they're like well they couldn't have dragged it to the gym that'd be like 200 yards away and so they're looking around and sean notices that the windows the girl's bathroom are nearby and so he lets Gus down through, and of course, he then comes around because he has the keys. You know, classic comedy. Um, yeah. And they're looking around in uh, the, in it, they're, and Sean's trying to do bits. But then someone comes in, and of course, it's um, Minnie and Howie. Howie and Eileen. Yeah, sorry, Minnie and uh, Howie and Eileen, yes. They are, yeah. you know, look, yeah. And so there's some hiding. But of course, like, like happens so often, when they're trying to find a place to hide, they end up finding the body. And where is the body? It's inside the... Uh, it's hidden inside the mascot for the school yes. costume. Yes. Um, and so they, they poke at it for a little bit and they eventually like lift the head off of it. And Gus is about to start yelling, um, mm. but Sean stops him. And they come up with the idea that either they bring Lassiter there or mm. they drag the body out, yeah. which I don't see why it wouldn't have been the first option. But I don't know either. Maybe because they're afraid that uh, they'll move it by the time that Lassie comes back. I don't know. Um, and so they then run back, you, you see them drag it, um, and, uh, we see that, you know, we also get a, we get a little wrap up on Henry and Madeline's story about, um, you know, that Henry wants to hang out with her the next day, but she's going to San Francisco. So it's, you know, a little, but they have yep. fun banter. Uh, but yep. then Gus comes up, we see a montage of Gus as the, uh, uh cheerleader and he announces the crowning, uh, king and queen. And of course, yep. they've rigged it. So, who is the king and queen? Yeah, Howie and Eileen win again. So, um, you know, history is repeating itself. And mm-hmm. they're like super reluctant to go on stage. Like, they're like, kind of they have a body. Yes, correct. Um, but eventually, it's too suspicious. So, they mm-hmm. go on stage and they get crowned. And, you know, they get crowned. But those crowns are a little heavy, they're heavy with lies. Exactly. And so, they mentioned that the cat classic was murdered. Uh, he lived in their shadow, took her out for the accident, et cetera, et cetera. And basically what happened was that when he saw he, – his life sucked. And when he saw that uh, Howie was going to run for office, he, you know, started harassing them. And so they ended up killing him when he showed up and kept harassing them. And uh, they pushed him off the roof. And the body is in the saber cat backstage. Um, and then uh, Sean gives the true climax of the episode, I think. A genuinely yeah. heartwarming speech about how Gus is his best friend. It's just nice. Yeah. 
yeah, it's, it was very touching. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to say I was going to cry, but I was definitely like feeling yeah, like, very emotional. Some warmth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he, he, he tells everybody to basically give it up for Gus. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's kind of the end of that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, well, well, I mean, end of the event. Well, yeah, but then Sean goes up to Abigail and, you know, she's impressed. And he mentions uh, in another scene that is very well acted, surprising, just randomly at the end of the episode, that he perfectly basically describes her at the end of the pier that he did show up, that he didn't flake really. He just was too scared. And, um, you know, uh, they end up kissing. She kisses him. It's a very romantic moment. And um, they're thinking what to do next. And who does Sean see in the background? of the shot Juliet O'Hara I mean yeah this is television I don't know what you want me to tell you it's corny but it is what this is the medium that this show is in unfortunately um right yeah um yeah it's it's they kind of decide to just leave it there for the moment um Mm -hmm. and they say maybe this is just closure and Mm -hmm. um yeah maybe it is but apparently it's not so (laughs) it's not not. she is a she is a good good arc to come Um, and yeah, so then we cut to the end bit, which is a parody of the breakfast club ending narration. Um, I didn't write down a lot of it because it's true. Just them finding and replacing words for the breakfast club ending narration. Yeah. And then they put their fists up and the episode's over. What do you give this upside out of 10? I gave it an eight and a half. I think it's amongst my favorites so far. Eight and a half too. I think it's both. It's really, has a lot of really fun. And I think the thing that, the thing that's good about this show and it's similar to Monk is that it's not one of those shows that when they lean into like actual character emotions, you're like, oh, just get the case. Like, no, I think the, the best episodes are the ones where it's like actually treats these characters like human beings. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, because I think that they just they don't do it flippantly. Like the like I was saying, the two moments where where he gives a speech back us, then the moment he has with Abigail are both played completely straight um, and well. So yeah, I give it an eight yeah. and a half as well. And Andre, where do people follow you on Twitter? You can follow me at Andre Barrera, although like Twitter's a dying medium, so it is. I mean, but thread I, I'm not I can't even talk about thread. It sucks so much. I, yeah, I, I I'm not gonna be on a non chronological algorithm timeline. That's just you go on thread blue and literally blue the, sky. I, well, hey, I'm on Blue Sky. I you you so you, I. Be, you are? Why do you not follow me yeah, on Blue yeah. Sky? I don't. I only follow one person. Oh. I haven't like uh, figured it out. Blue Sky is definitely. I'll say this in terms of functionality, it's the best of all the clones. They just need to get their act together and make it public. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm on Twitter at the Jake Christie. I'm Blue Sky at Jake Christie. Just I managed to lock that down. Um, and yeah, make sure you rate, review, subscribe, share the show with the biggest psych fan in your life, and more important than that, tune in next time as we talk about Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs>